Welcome to Every Album Member with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Matsura, and I'm joined as always by my lovely, wonderful co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Member, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. It's a new discography, more or less, per episode. And today, we are discussing... Bullet Club for, 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 for life. No, uh, I'm kidding. I got my wrestling reference in the way. We're talking about the band, The Gun Club. Which, which wrestler was that? Bullet Club was like Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. Oh, modern, um, more modern. Yeah, they they are uh, heavily inspired by the NWO, which is where they get the for life. Too sweet. Anyway, Too now sweet. that we got our fucking nerdiness out of the way, uh, if you want to help us or subscribe or whatever, uh, you can do that. You can subscribe on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash every album ever. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, wherever you would like. Um if you want to follow me on Instagram, you do that at Pope Jesse Ventura and Alex at Mother Puncture. If you want to stay up to date with the artists that we're currently covering, I'll be posting stories and all that uh, regarding that. And if you want to email us any thoughts, uh, suggestions for artists, hate, love, etc., send everything you want to every album ever at gmail.com. And like every other episode, there will be a Spotify playlist on the Gun Cub. Gun Club, not Gun Cub, in the description of wherever you're listening or watching. Uh, there's a playlist associated with every single damn episode. So we can go to everyalbumever.com for all that or follow Alex on Spotify. Want to cut up the middleman? It's all good stuff. Yada, yada, yada. And this was requested, right? This, we're talking about the Gun Club today. This is requested by Andrea. Thank you for this suggestion. Apparently, a very beloved band that I don't know how I never listened to. I also never listen to, but uh, real quick while we're talking about, you know, the emails and stuff, I forgot to do it last week. I just wanted to give a shout out to Randy, who I haven't seen or talked to in forever, and he let me know he listens. So uh, that's very sweet. So, yes, I always uh, appreciate these random people like I already listened to it, dude. So thank Hell you. Yes. Thank, thank you. For, I mean, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for the support and all that. It's very sweet. I love getting nice emails and I love getting bad emails because... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't really like getting bad emails, but I just said that. But yeah, I've never listened to this band either. Completely cold. Haven't even heard one song before. Yes. Yeah, same. And it, it's for you. You're you're not a very punk. You're not a punk dude. You didn't have that background. So, yeah, I have no excuse. I have no idea why I never well, encountered them. Well, I feel like they start off as a punk band, but then they they, they very did, quickly, very quickly, like within one album, they quickly. But still, they're very associated. And I watched the documentary on uh, uh, Jeffrey Lee Pierce, you know, the main dude. Nice. And the gun club. And everybody interviewed in the doc was like, yeah, I know these people from the punk scene. Like how I'm not personally, whatever. I'm a little boy. But (laughs) like, I should know them. I should know them. Uh, Don't. Uh, I do now, though. I will say um, I thought like the closest we were going to get like proximity to like a local band was Van Halen from Pasadena. Mr. Jeffrey Lee Pierce, born in Montebello. Born in Montebello. Spent some time in El Monte before hiking up to the valley. Dude, I saw that he was born in Montebello. Montebello is the neighboring city to where we are currently recording this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been in and out of Montebello my entire life and it's like, oh, what? That's And he has like such a Jeffrey Lee Pierce. So, uh, before we dive into the backstory, like a quick general thing about the Gun Club, beloved band. Yes, I think it's they're a great band with the worst vocalist of all time. It gets bad it later gets on. Really bad. And Jeffrey Lee Pierce is obviously the singer and uh, periodic guitar. Well, he records guitar on all the albums, but periodic live guitarist, uh, main songwriter, 
uh, main dude. I hate this guy as a human being. And like, <laughs> he kind of comes across like a, a douchey, like rocker. Did you see the doc? No, I didn't. It's so I much didn't. worse than that. It's yeah. so much worse than that. This guy is a real piece of shit. He yeah. was like, just, just everything I hate in a human being. And peop, he, not only did he personify and embody like the same attitudes of people that I grew up being around mm-hmm. because of literally like a lot of those types of people grew up in this area. Uh, really, you know, blown up ego. Uh, very into himself extremely into himself but with zero Mm -hmm. self-esteem so like you kind of project your ego because you don't really like yourself that much there's a lot of that in this community i'm very familiar with myself and people that i am close to and then what's that uh shitty rock and roll club uh closer to john's house Oh, uh, um, <laughs> it's not right now. It's just a bar. It's back to being Rudy's bar. Okay. It doesn't deserve to be name no, dropped, but they'd hang out. They'd hang out at that place. They would. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> it's like a really trashy dive bar, but like, uh, or like a Venice room type situation. Like really, that's more old though. That's no. Like older. Yeah. Venice rooms, older people, more blue collar. Yeah. This was like specifically going after the, the yeah. rock and roll. Crowd. Yeah. Like we're throwing all these, these really local references, but they're trashy. Trust us. That, that's just the point. Yeah. They, they, so they're, they're trashy. It's, it's like this, you know, inflated ego. Uh, that's totally completely exacerbated by his mom. Who's like a, a, a Latina, very overbearing mother, very mm-hmm. much like you're, you're a king, you're a king. Like that's a very prominent thing that I grew up around seeing uh, uh, Latin mothers, not, not just babying the sons and shitting on the daughters, yes. but like building up the sons as, as fucking emperors, like it's, giving them like, no, you're the greatest. You're the, you're, you're the best. You're the best of everything. I'm half joking, half serious. Is that why they're called the Latin Kings? That's funny. Possibly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But so. Like learning about this guy, he's a clearly a, a damaged dude who didn't have a lot of good abilities, but was really smart and a really talented writer, a uh, really talented songwriter. I couldn't, couldn't sing mm-hmm. like, and here's a, I'm talking a lot here. Sorry. But uh, when I was listening to the albums and I'm here, I'm like, oh, he can't sing at all. And then it keeps going on and on. And I keep hearing about the legacy of this dude. I'm like, am I fucking crazy? Is the world gaslighting me? He's awful he can't hit any of the right notes and he's wailing like he's a legendary blues singer but he's fucking missing every note yeah. and i'm losing my mind here i'm, 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 I'm legit kind of like like hold on so i i put on the dock and in the first scene i forgot what band he's in dickie barry i think his name is dickie barry uh 103 indy 103 back when that was a radio station i think it's dickie barrett uh please google that for me if you can um he's interviewing uh, the first, well, not the first, but like the the main drummer and one of the recurring guitarists, uh, and he said, "Do you think Jeffrey was a was a good singer?" And without missing a beat, they're like, "No, no, he couldn't hit the right notes, and he had bad time." I'm like, oh, thank Christ! Great. Okay, okay, they they know. Okay, okay, I'm not crazy. People like him for many reasons, uh, but you can't say that he's a good singer. You cannot say he's no, a good singer. No, yeah, no. I think people like him for the. Uh, also, Dickie Barrett is. Uh, Mighty Mighty Boston. Ah, uh, there it is. I feel like an asshole for not remembering that. But yeah, go on. Um, <laughs> Never had you. Knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, I think people like this band for the style and his guitar playing yeah. more than anything else. Um, I started off really interested and then I got bored mm-hmm. and th- and that like it didn't really like 
piss me off or annoying. I just got like, okay. We're- yeah. It's, it's one of those things that I've made. I've made the same statement to King Diamond, although I think King Diamond is much better than Jeffrey Lee Pierce. Mark my words. All right. Uh, the, uh, it's like a thing where his voice, it's a thing you just got to accept. It's not, mm. it's not going to change. It's not going to get any better. It's, it's okay if you don't like it. You can move on if you like, but there is something to have here. Just accept his fucking voice. Yeah. 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 There are, um, there are times where he kind of reminds me of Alan, Alan Vega from suicide, but he uh-huh. doesn't, the difference is Alan Vega knows he's a weirdo. Yeah. And Jeffrey Lee Pierce thinks he's, uh, he thinks he's Elvis. Yeah. He thinks he's Jim Morrison or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, uh, I stole that thinks he's Elvis line from one of the members of the band at some point. But oh yeah. yeah. Like they, he literally really believed that in his, his, family like told him that like no you're you're as good as i like i i believe that this seeing pictures of the dude yeah yeah he he looks not only like a lot of people that i went to school with like just the chubby uh you know half mexican guy i'm a half mexican too so i can i can say that (laughs) Uh, but like he looks egg his face everything about his pudginess his whole face is someone I literally went to high school with. Like, I fucking know this guy. His name is Omar. Like, like, he looks so much like people I grew up around. It's like, that guy? Holy shit. Like, I would never... He reminds me a lot of an annoying gentleman who wore a bolo tie and Dylan and John almost got in a fight with, and that's why we're friends. He literally... He reminds me of that guy. He literally wore... Like, Jeffrey Pierce literally wore a bolo tie. This guy... He literally dressed like that. This guy probably worships... Oh, we're, we're, yeah, we're throwing all these really vague references of people we know, but like just to paint the picture, like we know, we know, we know this, this guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, we know his essence so yes. well. And it's uh, another thing that, that kept coming up in the doc. Like, I, I, I want to get out of the way now because it has nothing to do with the music. It's just a mm-hmm. sad ripple that this guy had. He was known by everyone as basically a fucking simp, like, a, like a, as the sad dude who f- would fall in love with a girl who didn't care about him at all. And he just become obsessed with her and, and put, put, him in, pest, put, pest put him in the band. Yeah. And then they're not in the band. Exactly. And that's, uh, I think we'll talk about one other member, uh, at, but then the rest are just in and out so quick. Yeah. It's, it doesn't mean anything unless you're like super familiar with the band or these weird, uh, bands that they go on to be in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I think we talked about King Congo Powers in like the birthday party episode a little bit. Uh, yeah, that dude. Well, I, I barely remember uh, us bringing him up because when I was learning about this guy, I was like, oh, holy shit. He was he played on Tender Prey, Nick Cave's, yeah. one of Nick Cave's my opinion, best albums. Yeah, like, he plays on a few Nick Cave albums. Yeah, The Good Son as well. I think I think I think it was just those two, maybe. But it, but even he's not like he's in and out of the band he's a lot out, too. Yeah, he's considered like a like a classic member of the band. He's yeah, technically a founding member member. But he was in and out. He was in the Cramps. He's like a he's like a respected dude. And I was like, mm-hmm. how do I not know this guy? But you know. Also, uh, this is one of those instances where I feel like we've talked about so many bands we could play like six degrees from. Tie that into White Zombie, where uh, what's her. What's her face ended up playing in the cramps? Oh, um, uh, uh, Shiny Salt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, she was in the cramps later on. She, right? yeah, yeah, so, like, uh, you can connect, the, uh, White dude, Zombie dude, the, and the Gun Club. The inbreeding like between all these weird alt bands coming up in the late 80s and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, Gun Club was much earlier, but, uh, fascinating, fascinating guy because, 
it's like I I hate him as a guy, and apparently he was just the most volatile asshole. He pushed everyone away. Everyone hated him so because he was a fucking ass. Like he was like mm-hmm. a noted asshole mm-hmm. to everyone. He, uh, I think one member one of the members said that like these really sweet people would like let them stay there, uh, uh, like at while touring and stuff, and like let them stay there. And he would just rack up like seven hundred dollar phone bills across these. Just Fuck. just be com- just a complete asshole for no reason. And he really romanticized being a drug addict. And he well he achieved that dream. Yes. And, uh, what the fuck else? Like, there's just so many things about this dude that, like, I really, really hate. Uh, but you ca- you gotta give him credit. Like, he's a good songwriter, <laughs> and apparently, like, he's like a really good lyricist. He's like, he's got things to offer. He's he did what he was made to do. Except he still kind of fucking sucked. But it was like, I can't. It's still good. I just wish he wasn't singing. I really wish he wasn't singing. Yeah, when you kind of like alienate everyone it defeats the purpose of yeah uh another thing that i thought was funny about his character or lack thereof um was apparently he was like a big old coward like a big old coward oh i could see that dude and again once again i knew people like this who talks, did this yeah talks to talk doesn't walk the walk talks to talk as in hey fuck you pussy and then he runs away yeah and uh, uh i don't know if i'm like giving out too many things but one member uh, it was a guitar player. It was how he left the band. Uh, he had overheard, I think maybe one of the the managers, not the managers, but like one of the people on tour with them, not part of the band, said, "Hey, uh, Jeff is uh, he's leaving the tour. It was like a few days left of the tour, like three or four left shows left of the tour." And the guy said to the guitar player, "said Oh yeah, he's uh he's leaving. He's packing his stuff right now. He he secretly bought a plane ticket." For tomorrow morning he's he's leaving so the, the, guitar, the fuck? guitar player uh went to his room and said hey fuck you you're not you're not fucking leaving us here you're yeah. finishing the tour yeah and he finished the tour and then he's like that was the last time i ever played with him like wow slimy yeah slimy dude no, and that guitar player it's not even really his response it's not no. his band no like, but like follow whatever yeah. you know what? whatever uh he still had things that i liked about him i do i do think i would Maybe I punched him in the face if I ever met him. Uh, luckily, he's dead now, but not literally. Luckily, but our friend Dil- our friend Dylan knows a real nice sleeper hold. He won't feel anything. There it is. Yeah, you just put a real nice dude. Jujitsu is amazing. You can win the fight without actually hurting anybody. Okay, I mean you could break someone's arm, but like just just choke him out. Uh, but we should probably get into more of the history. Tell me what you know. I I feel like uh, you covered a lot more than i did he said you were watching the documentary mm-hmm. which i was relieved because i really didn't like find that much like mm-hmm. for some reason their wiki's pretty barren mm-hmm. um i might have gone a little more but you say you were watching the documentary i'm like mike's got this but uh yeah you know we covered up uh local san gabriel valley yeah. boy uh and yeah him and uh, king or kid yeah. congo powers it's yeah. a wacky wacky stage name tongue twister of a name they kind of like formed this band i believe uh they were like in a blondie fan club yeah there were uh jeff jeffrey was really obsessed with blondie and like for pure reasons from what i was like i heard like he was just a legit fan of that style that mm-hmm. whole uh that whole aesthetic that she had on stage and the whole the band um and he really loved her i don't know if i don't know if he was like full on like you know, there's, I'm, I'm putting like 
covering my wall with your face kind of thing. I don't think it was like a, that kind of thing. I think it was pretty genuine. Um, but he was really into that. I think uh, neither of them knew how to play guitar at all. So he just mm-hmm. taught kid with like open, <clears throat> open tuning kind of stuff. And obviously a big blues guy. He was a, he was a writer for Slash. Um, oh, I did also read he was like really into reggae. Yeah. He, and he thought like reggae was the future. Yeah. But this idiot like went to Jamaica. And <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and try to be like one of the locals. And then this fucking beat him. The like, yeah. who's this fucking white? Yeah. Because he looks white. Yeah. He's well, he's yeah. And plus, his, he's a little pudgy white kid. I mean, he's like, yeah, whatever. But that's that's so funny. I forgot that he went to Jamaica for a while. And like learned immediately, like, oh, you can't just go to a place no, like that and just no. integrate. Like, yeah. who the fuck do you think you are? Like, it's a gnarly country, man. It's not, yeah. it's not just reggae, but he would write exclusively reggae reviews, I think, for for a while. I don't know. Yeah. Where, I don't know if it was for Slash, but it was for stuff. And there's a lot of like a lot of interesting stories about that. But it, it's what I it seemed like just the making of the first record and it being released through slash records was like a total luck accidental thing like mm-hmm. he got really fucking lucky mm-hmm. and then uh well, well we'll get into it so altogether uh the gun club had i believe seven albums and one ep that we'll be talking about uh hold on did i miscount that one two three four yeah seven albums one ep first album 1981 last album 1993 like we said uh litany of uh lineup changes but I guess uh, let's start. Let's do it. This is 1981's uh, Fire of Love. I'm really glad you put uh, this album cover up instead of the one they have on... On uh, streaming. It's a different cover on streaming. Like, the one on streaming's okay, but this is like... Way harsher. It's way like better. It's so weird. It's super weird. It's kind of creepy. I like it a lot. Yeah, like that's something I would just like stare at, and maybe maybe this buy based on the the cover. The the cover on streaming, funny enough, looks like a like a white zombie cover. It does. Yeah. It kind of just looks like promo material for The Walking Dead. Yeah. But uh, the music. Yeah, I like this song a whole lot. I think it's okay. I know this is like one of their bigger songs, yeah. but I was just like, it's a solid like, dude. It's totally X. Like that's what I, I, yeah. I was. I was gonna say that this album is kind of like, because X came out around the same time. Yeah, they they were a little earlier, but they they you know. Seemed, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They're kind of like the kind of sound like the love child of X and the birthday party. This album, a little weird, yeah. Uh, so let's, let's do a little talking, a little talking. So this is best personal favorite, best personal favorite, and it's not even a, it's not even twinsies. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's no contest. And like, I'm not gonna discredit the rest of the discography. Okay? No, no, I, no. But I will say this is the only album I like Jeffrey on. The only album. This to me, going in completely cold. This album felt like. Sky is the limit. I can yeah. s- I can envision all these different pathways the band can go down, how they can change, mm. and it was just so much more interesting in my head. Yeah, I think it's the most diverse album. Um, because after this, they kind of 
fall into um some trends yeah and like normally i don't even like like rockabilly or psychobilly whatever you want to call it but on here i'm like those are fun songs it's very interesting like this is so i guess a lot of people call this uh like blues punk or something like that yeah it's very much that it's not a punk guy's trying to make blues it's just punk it's heavily inspired by blues. It, it feels like a hybrid. The way yes. we uh, Los Angeles by X sounds like a hybrid of of rock of rockabilly and rock and roll with punk. It's they're like, they're almost like cousin albums yeah, in a yeah, sense. Exactly. Not nearly as technically proficient as an X, but it, even the production gives you that vibe. And I think they're both recent slash, which is kind of like I'm kind sure it's weird. not a coincidence. But like damn near every song in here except for Jack on Fire, in my opinion, is like a, a fucking winner. I really like yeah. this album. Yeah. Yeah. This is um i don't like vocalize it too much but i think a good exercise to do these days because everything's available at your fingertips um is to think if i had to pay money like like 15 20 whatever yeah would you would you do it and this album yes i would so that's funny how we have to differentiate or distinguish that now because of streaming we're so fucking spoiled yes and i love it believe me i yeah i love no, it. no i'm not complaining but that's what it was when we were, we were younger and when everyone when older people were you know their whole lives uh it was like i don't know do i don't think i got this much money am i, I, mean, I gonna take a chance on this yeah and that's a really uh, i guess that's a that's a pretty good perspective to have for a podcast like this because it, like it, it's yeah or really anyone if you're kind of like debating uh oh, do i like this do i not like it would you spend you know that yeah. 20 bucks on it for sure yeah. and if you say no i don't think you like the album that much that's not, fair yeah that's fair. so i think it's a good mental exercise for anyone to do i think i'm going to uh hijack that <laughs> and keep doing keep that with my the rest of my life that's why i'm saying it hell yeah that, yeah for sure this is a, this is a really good album I, um go ahead so yeah uh it feels more like garage rock than straight up punk. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that fast at all. I mean, it's fast, but it says it's not, you know, 80, it's not 81 fast. It's also very interesting because um, I listened to it and then I read about it and then finding out Jack White really likes this album and you can hear not surprising at all. Even the vocal styles. Yes. Yeah. You can hear like the um, like some white stripes stuff in here, like uh, for for the love of Ivy is uh, oh, and I even think they so good. Yeah, I, I think they cover it mm -hmm. even so. Um, real, really like interesting stuff. The what's are pre preaching the blues? Oh yeah, I'm is a Robert Johnson cover. Yeah, and, oh incredible though. And yeah, if you listen to our cream episode, you know how much we we like people doing blues music but it, it, it fucking takes, works dude yeah it's great they take it and twist it and they throw in some of the like the rockabilly yeah. elements but it again it's it's more like the punk mentality the way like x or yeah Ted kennedy's do it very and it's just, very thrashy and not metal thrashy punk thrashy yeah so preaching the blues and for the love of ivy both of those are the funnest examples of that really uh the song shout where it goes, it goes super loud and then it goes super quiet. So yeah, yeah. It's still fast, but it just kind of builds up and it's real quiet and gets louder and louder and louder and then goes louder again. And then it gets real quiet. Yeah. Like it's just so fucking fun. I love that. I, I will say they try to do that on cool drink of water and that one doesn't. Hit. I love that Does song. It? I I'll go, it, I'll go back to it. It's not the, it's not the presentation so much. It's that riff alone. That, okay. that main riff just 
You know, put on a little bit of cool drink of water. It's just that main I'll, riff I fucking love. I will to refresh my memory and the listeners. It's a uh, who's it? Who's originally by? Is it a traditional song? Let me do that while the song is. Oh, I love that guitar line. Oh, it is a traditional. Yeah. It's just swampy enough for me. It's very swampy. Mm. I, I would listen to this in a beat-up pickup truck driving down the highway. Yeah. I would love that. You throw this on after some CCR. Goddamn right. I love this. And yeah, that's what makes the album great. Like, I name-dropped all these, like, wildly different bands. Yeah. Like, this, it's all very much at home here. And, and uh, I know Pierce doesn't even like this album. He claims he was, like, in a drug haze and doesn't even remember... Dude, recording that, most yeah. of it that guy's drug like, use my goodness i'm like that's on you that does make it a shitty album because yeah. you don't remember i don't give a fuck if you don't remember. <laughs> like uh one thing about his drug use one member in the doc of course i'm forgetting who said like he wanted to be a drug addict like he wanted to be mm. that druggy guy it's not that he really was there are, just, yeah there are people like that like you said they romanticize exactly. it they they like idolize you know all these like dead rock stars which like they're dead yeah exactly you can appreciate the musicianship but as people they were very very damaged that's one funny thing about this guy because we keep shitting on his legacy because he's a bad he's like a a really slimy dude who who is undoubtedly got some who's undoubtedly talented but one other thing they said was like how much of a fucking lightweight he was. Like he would drink two beers and they turn <laughs> turn into a complete asshole on again, everybody. Again, I know this dude. I know, I him know too, this. Exactly. Yeah. And so he was like that. He would just turn to a big old shithead. And uh, he w- he didn't play drums on this album, but he played drums later on. His name was uh, fuck. What wasn't that like an another thing with the band lineups? Is like some people would like start off on one instrument and then end up playing. A different instrument and it's just wildly wildly inconsistent it's it's pretty inconsistent um i'm trying to find the guy's name of course i'm fucking what's his name uh come on give me give me something give me something give me some fuck I'll, I'll, I'll look it up in, in, in a second but none for you yeah uh <laughs> so this one of the drummers uh he holy shit blixa bargell played uh on some of their stuff too i didn't know that see uh, like i don't know who that i'm reading these names and they list like what bands they're in i have no blixa you know blixa no. i don't know how to pronounce him properly he's a german guy he's he first of all he he got most of his fame from playing with nick cave the bad seeds okay but he found him from i'm so sorry i can't pronounce the name of the band it's too fucking german mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna spell it because it's they're really uh important german band it's not fun to say like Ruck sucker. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not fun. Or der Poopenfarten. But it's E I N S T U R Z E N D E. That's the first word. And That's the second word mouthful. is N E U B A U T N. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to try to pronounce that, but they do have some really good stuff. Uh, he's a very important uh, alt rock guitar player. But anyway, um, getting sidetracked. So the drummer, whoever the fuck it was, I'm, I'll find out his name soon. Uh, he was that guy. He was okay. the, I can drink all night, be cool. I can do all the drugs, be cool. Cause that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. And definitely really wanted to be that guy. Yeah. yeah. And he just, he was just a fucking, he couldn't handle his shit. Apparently. 
knowing your limits is so much cooler than trying to I mean be someone being yourself is the yes. coolest thing. I mean, that sounds like a fucking after school special. I'm sorry, but god damn it, dude. Yeah. Be comfortable in your own skin. Uh although, although easier said than done, I suppose. But what the hell am I talking about? Um album. This album. Yeah. Great. Uh so what Jeffrey is doing on here vocally is very much a super punk rock speak singing kind of I'll shout every now and then it's not really any melody. It's just mm-hmm. sort of a punky thing over it. Just yeah. And it works in the, the he can get away with it oh. in, the, in a punk genre. It was not only was it fine. I was like, yeah, he's a weak voice, but it fits fine. And then uh, I didn't I couldn't even tell that he's tone deaf. Couldn't tell. That's oh really? Because he's not yeah. even doing anything on. He's not doing anything that would warrant that and an, uh, analysis mm-hmm. until the final track, uh, "Goodbye Johnny." My goodness, I was like, "Oh, okay." He can't sing. He's trying to sing here. He can't do it. <laughs> now I know. But here's the thing with his voice and his pitchiness. It took me a few albums to really like figure out like, is he trying to sing off key on purpose or can he not do it? And I'll get to it when we get to it. But later on, I was like, oh, and here's the moment where I know he and can't do yeah. it. Yeah, he just can't do it. But here, very good album. Very yes, good album. I'm sure the drugs don't don't help. No, there's no, there's no, no. Fuck no. God, no. But uh, both of our best, best and purpose personal favorites. I don't think it's very controversial. It's a very pretty beloved it might, album. It might be. Uh, I, I guess it probably. I mean, anything could be controversial. If uh, we're shooting at someone who's kind of beloved like that. Kind of like a cult figure in music yeah but whatever it's the game we're playing so on to 1982's miami sorry it's my fault oh should i restart yeah sorry it's my fault yeah yeah okay i was like what did i come down to the little garden with me so right off the bat yeah. very different oh yeah he's trying to sing good lord i like this song man but fuck man his voice is this is like more feels more straightforward this particular song yeah He's still hitting every wrong note you can imagine, but mm-hmm. it's those are good chord changes. This is a good song. I think another good tone this sets is uh, this is way less druggy than the previous album. Oh, is it? Well, like just in terms of I'm, I'm using sound or I'm using druggy and like. To describe like the the music, okay, you know, yeah. you, li- you listen to it and it's kind of like, you know, like you're this kind of walking through quicksand yeah, yeah. Gotcha. and um, this one, not so much. This one is a little more romanticized, a little, a little sexier. Yep. Um, this is the other one people really like a lot. And I do like this one a lot on, despite his fucking voice, man. Like out here, I was I was so confused and baffled and kind of hurt by how mm-hmm. bad of a singer he was, because like I want to hear this more, but I can't get over that. And uh, one thing about this, it's 
where the first one had like a ton of blues influence. This one is, I feel, at least to me, it sounds a lot more country western. Yeah, they uh, there's elements of it. Like, um, let me see. Sorry, because I got them written down. Uh, Texas Serenade. Mm-hmm. You get like really like full-blown country guitars yeah you get the the lap steels in there i think it sounds awesome it does and then um and then later on towards the end uh, another big song there's mother of the earth where Mm -hmm. like the texas serenade had the guitars mother of the earth like really embraces the the country aspect I think it's a damn good song. Yeah, yeah. And very weirdly, Billy Idol said that White Wedding was like trying to replicate um, Mother of Earth and like they sound nothing alike. Put, like, put on put on that song just to show how not alike they sound. Yeah. If anyone hears this and you think, oh, that sounds like White Wedding, like you're I fucking you're, you're on all the same drugs Billy Idol was. Yeah. This is not White Wedding, but I like it. <laughs> Yeah. There's just great chord changes. Very mm. cool. Chord Very better production, obviously. I'm going down the river Yeah, I don't know how he heard this and thought it's a nice day for maybe the, maybe the singing. I don't. At least Billy Idol can hit the right fucking notes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, I mean, so the little bit of backstory on, on this album that I know is that uh, I think this is the mostly the same lineup as the first uh, first album, but. Uh, the first album got some pretty good press. Mm-hmm. So I think as uh, it should have. Yeah. Like on the East coast, it got, it kind of got some, some notoriety. And then I think Rolling Stone wrote a thing on it, like a p- praising it. Mm-hmm. And now, and all, and all of a sudden, uh, Jeffrey Lee Pierce was on the cover of some alt rock ma- magazine. And I think according to band members, it went to his head immediately. Like within seconds, it went to his head. Also, uh, I don't know if the label did it or the band did, but they like moved out to New York yeah. for this. And I'm sure that they were, they were more popular over there. Yeah. Like, so uh, that happened. And because it went to his head so much, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't so much the band getting notoriety as much as it was. He felt it was him getting notoriety. Yeah. So he's like, I don't fucking need you guys. Like he started shitting on the band mm-hmm. and he started dismissing them and like downplaying all of their, their, uh, contributions so after this pretty much like everyone left like yeah. everyone left he had to replace the entire band yeah and uh i think one of the dudes who recorded on here didn't even make the album cover really yeah like there's oh, yeah, a, yeah yeah, yeah was, there's um, only three of them it was the bass player I believe. yeah yeah i forget his name i will find out within seconds the bass player was rob ritter yeah um so, yeah so yeah that because that's really first of all super shitty um, if you, especially if you recorded on it, which you did, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's also, it makes complete sense when you know that and then listen to the album, because all of a sudden he's singing like he's this blues guy with a good voice when he's fucking absolutely not. <laughs> and you hear like, oh yeah, this guy is, he's, he really believes that he can do all this stuff and he doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks, which you can, you kind of got to admire in some regard, like mm-hmm. the, the confidence and also like the the fortitude and the willpower like you know no one's gonna hold me hold me down but also you got it you have to shit on the lack of self-awareness you have to shit on that like if you know that you sound like shit 
then you wouldn't do that if you were any kind of a good person. I don't know. What'd you think of his uh, vocal performance on uh, Devil in the Woods? Uh, No, it's not ringing a bell. All right. I don't have a timestamp, so I'm just going to kind of play it and see what happens. Here. I thought it was kind of interesting. It's like... That's more like Lou Reed. Yeah. yeah. I like he's ever. I can't get down. <laughs> like I, I like that more than him trying to go. Oh, yeah. So look at yeah, that. those it's, those parts, dude. So he's trying to yodel like a fucking country western singer. Uh, I'm not saying they're good. I'm saying no. it's it's entertaining. Like, yes. Yeah. Like. That could pass off as an experimental alt rock uh, David Yao kind of fucking wackiness. Mm-hmm. You could pass off if you're trying to go crazy, go crazy. It's when he's, you can totally tell he's playing it straight, trying to wail. And the weird thing about his voice is with each album, and it's especially obvious if you compare this album to the last album, he learned how to use proper technique and form and how to have good vibratos and how to use use his fucking stomach to sing. Like he learned how to sing properly, but he doesn't have pitch. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you have good form or technique. If you can't hit the notes, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Like hearing this really good form, but just sounding like shit still. Just messing up the landing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a really weird thing. It's a very, I would say he's the worst singer that we've covered on the podcast. And it's a, it's just, man, it's just so bizarre. Like, how infrequent it is when you really think about it. Cause we mm-hmm. covered, this is episode 59, man. And it's been a long time. Yeah. And the only other person who really couldn't hit the right notes was Ian Curtis from joy division. And even he sounds infinitely better. Yeah. Yeah. He found a way around it. Yeah. There was, that was like a lot more style where this guy just kept like throwing his body against a wall, trying to do this style that he mm-hmm. wasn't born to do, which sounds like I'm trying to put him in a, a corner, but like, I mean, if you if you don't have pitch, I'm sorry, but you can't. You're not gonna hit the right notes. Yeah. But uh, also, can't 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 uh, move on from it. Covering "Run Through the Jungle." Run through the jungle. I was a little a little worried, but I think it serves its purpose as being different enough to listen to. Um, you know, I compared them to CCR earlier, right. so it makes. Uh, Makes a lot of sense. He couldn't understand the words, so he just kind of wrote some of his own lyrics in here. That's pretty. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't think he's uh, he's no John Fogarty. No, no one he's, is. He's no, no one G- is. Hey, he's no John Fogarty. No one is. No one is. Uh, I could do without the cover. Like I like every song as its own. Like it doesn't. It doesn't feel that necessary. Uh, kind of. It's in the beginning of the album. So it kind of ruins the pacing for me. I think um, there are songs like don't feel as strongly about but maybe like i'll give this a few more listens and and feel better about it but um i like calling up thunder Mm -hmm. uh the riffs sound like that like southern i think this like the standard like dixie song like the fucking um dukes of hazard horn uh okay okay um Kind of what you're saying. Yeah, uh, that was awful. But um, yeah, it's like it's like 
this old southern thing with the wall of noise that the gun club can can do that I, yeah that's a, that's a that's a cool song i could man i was trying so hard to overlook his vocals and they're particularly <laughs> bad in that song they're really bad in that song uh but i do i did i did like it otherwise the the other song i i like is watermelon man i was waiting for you to say that because yeah. it's it's druggy it's the most psychedelic it's the thing most druggy it's probably the most psychedelic song i've ever done yeah uh deborah harry is on backup vocals and uh his performance reminds me of another gentleman who can't sing but uh demo suzuki from can oh demo suzuki demo suzuki first of all here i mean he's oddly enough the best can singer <laughs> but well you only got two options really right <laughs> better of the two but i don't even he still hit the right notes yeah daniel suzuki and all his madness in his well, probably literal mental illness he still hit the right notes we'll get we'll get to him one i day. one dude oh i mean they're they're up for grabs can is up for grabs we will talk about can uh but this is very kind of like a a, a moody like eh. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm better than you. Um, I mean, that type of album. Um, and then so when you get a song like, like Run Through the Jungle or Bad Indian, it's it provides some much needed energy. Okay, all right. That is lacking in the album. Yeah, I. And I, one thing we didn't mention too much, man. I'm surprised how how fleshed out we're we're getting with this band, which is it's probably a good thing. Uh, I the their implementation of just slide guitar generally it's like it's just weird nice little little texture that i think was like it's got to be one of the most underused things in all of punk it's like a slide really, guitar. Really solid slide guitar it's i mean it's great on here it's great on the first album it's great whenever it comes up but that's one thing i really took with me from this band generally interesting yeah but solid album uh he's starting to sing now and uh, yeah they, there's pretty much the first album or this album, those seem to be universally loved. Yeah. Now we're time to get to the, the nitty gritty. Yes. Come run with us through the jungle. Yeah. This is all right. 1983's Death Party. Not to be confused with their live album, also called Death Party. So fucking annoying. This is the EP Death Party. If you're and on streaming, there's no distinguishing it. No, this is the one with the cover that doesn't look like it's the uh, like Beetlejuice. The one that looks like it's Beetlejuice is the okay. live one. All right, I, I fucking I wish I knew what it looked like. Now I'm googling it. <laughs> look it up. That like he straight, looks like Beetlejuice. That's Beetlejuice. hilarious. That he really does. So this song, it's okay. I like this song. It's not bad. Um, this was he set up recording time for his girlfriend's band at the. You mean uh, Tex? Yes. I don't think it was his girlfriend. Uh, he may it, have just been simping on her it, then. He, I'm pretty sure he was simping on her. Uh, so let's talk a little bit, a little bit about that. The band was Tex in the. What the uh, fuck are they called? I'm gonna Google that as we speak because I'm doing a lot of googling. And Tex and the Horseheads. And the the main girl Tex. She's not a musician. 
On Wikipedia, she is listed as his girlfriend. Uh, in the doc, everyone, she might not have. But she was. I yeah. don't think she was. Everyone okay. was like, I think they were. Maybe, and then everyone's like, "Ah, you know what? Honestly, I don't know. I don't also, think so." Also, yeah, the the gun club's Wikipedia is one of the worst. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Uh, one of one of the worst Wikipedias yeah, ever. Yeah. So this girl, uh, she wasn't a musician. He, she had a quite a very uh, artsy and musician looking aesthetic. She had the big old teased hair, wore the leather, and she straight was, up his alley. Exactly. He had a type, and uh, he was madly in love with her, and he pushed her onto everything. He formed the band for her. Yeah. So he did all that. And, uh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. Uh, so I I think after basically, uh, every girl after that ended up looking like her, Mm -hmm. which is like, his really creepy kind of, I don't know. I mean, even, well, I'm not sure if she was his girlfriend or not. Uh, Romy, yeah, Romy Mori. Yeah, because yeah. she know, was his. She was his girlfriend for sure. Okay, because yeah, she like he has a type, but it doesn't discriminate against race. At no, least, so no. They're, they're all all different races, but just dressed exactly, exactly the same. The same hair. It's like it's fucking hilarious. It's like someone did a create a character and this swapped yeah. out. Uh, anyways, yeah. Anyway. Uh, the the lead up to this is he he scheduled recording time for her and it didn't happen yeah and they were like well we got you know this this studio available Mm -hmm. and she's not using it and this is all very thrown together yeah like they were written they weren't even written before yeah and it fucking feels like it i almost gave this a bad accolade really but it's over so fast it's Um, pretty short yeah yeah like maybe people like songs on here like like mike likes the first one so what it, it kind of yeah. fell into in the scheme of things it fell into uh no harm no foul it's exactly that no harm no foul i like this ep just fine uh, I, I think the title track is pretty pretty rough uh mm-hmm. the, the weakest one by far also the i mentioned him a long time ago that drummer the the druggy drummer who he kind of like wanted to be like yeah his name was d pop and he played on this one fucking d pop that guy the only one he played on right i think so yeah yeah, yeah. so that guy was awesome he, uh looking at this dude talk he looks like peter lore <laughs> sorry that's a fucking old <laughs> reference but he had like you know one eye kind of like wandering and like he looked like he spent his whole life doing drugs because he did and uh that guy just hearing him talk is like man this guy was the coolest dude ever i could see why if you you, jeffrey wanted to be just like him he wanted to be him and yeah i'm surprised he was only on one ep but um my i think the the best song most fun uh, song on here is uh comeback jim oh yeah it's like a cow punk yeah yeah. very very fun very yeah everything else i could do without on the streaming version they tacked on a bunch of live tracks skipped all that bullshit I was going to skip it, but I saw something interesting and I said, I'm going to listen to one. What's that? I'm going to listen to the strange fruit cover because I think that's, you know, obviously one of the best like Nina Simone cover or song. Sorry. Mm. She's the original artist. Right. Um, And like, I, I think it's this like a, a great song. I want to see the gun club version uh-huh. of it or hear the, the gun club and it's just fucking improv noise stuff with the lyrics of strange fruit over it uh okay not, not no yeah, i got you i got you uh, and yeah like it's like it 
that's not like the spirit of the song. Obviously, I want something different, but if you're just going to play noise and say the lyrics over it. That's one thing that this dude did quite a bit. Uh, he made it a habit to uh, enrage his audience. <laughs> and I, I mean, people around him, I guess, as well. Like uh, At one point, he bought like these old ass, uh, I think it was a saxophone and a trumpet, and he would just just make the most cacophonous sounds like in everyday life just to piss people off. <laughs> and then he would bring it on stage and start fucking with that. Like, mm-hmm. like as soon as they started to, to come around to the band and they're like, they're there to see his band, he would bring that shit on and just piss everyone off. Like, I think that's hilarious. I think that's, yeah. I am 100% in favor of that, but not if I'm in the room. Not if I'm in the room. <laughs> I totally get hating the motherfucker if I, you're in the room. Uh, it depends on the band. Like, or if it was for like one song, fine yeah fine one song will do that yeah. but but you could you could also do novel novel ridiculous funny shit like that while, while still being entertaining like mm-hmm. the butthole surfers which uh, we, like like i mentioned in that on that episode I've, the fucking bass player coming out with a full tuba and playing along to the song on a tuba like that's fucking hilarious yeah yeah, yeah i was gonna say and we we like some noisy stuff yeah. so it's like we're not opposed to it but this is obviously like there's no reason, like there's no motive behind it other than it's just just to be antagonistic. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And like I said, I love that on paper. I think it's very funny. Don't want to be in the room with it. Uh, <laughs> but I may or may not want to be in the room depending on the band. Probably yeah, not this band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, not the most essential release uh, ever, but it's 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 okay. It's not bad. Uh, but uh, we're on to the next one, which yep. is I think a uh, pretty. Pretty big, very drastic lineup change, I believe, uh, sort of. But anyway, I'm uh, rambling. This is 1984's The Las Vegas Story. The return of Kid Congo Powers. The the Almighty. The Kid Almighty. Congo. That guy really reminds me of Pat Smear. Yeah. Also, this looks kind of like a weird like if you saw him on the street you wouldn't be like oh you play music he's another guy that i i went to school with for sure yeah. like i knew a lot of guys who look like him and talk like him so that's some like uh fun drumming right yeah. now yeah so original drummer terry uh terry graham is back there was a lot a lot of words that guy says about the band. Yeah. That guy is real interesting, real funny. That dude put up with some shit. So the drumming's fun, but I think it's kind of like... This is, not, this is a weak as shit opener. Because it goes on like this for four minutes, and it's just like... Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm like, maybe you have something interesting to say later on, but I'm not, I'm not excited. Right. Yeah, this is, and this is a a trend that I'd say sticks with most of their albums, uh, especially as they go on. Uh, Not good openers. They're not good at opening an album. No, this feels like, like they are like, okay, Miami is... Like that's the sound we want to we want going yeah. forward, and this kind of feels like 
you know, a sequel to Miami. It's named after another sleazy place, Las yeah. Vegas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's this overall kind of stagnant to me. There's some cool stuff here and there, but I liked it. Uh, but it's like, I feel this way about a lot. I mean, this was actually a really hard band for me to give awards to because mm-hmm. of, I like them all, but oh, I, I hate it, them all for mostly the same reason. Yeah. Cause he's just becoming more and more unbearable and more and more confident with his awful voice. So it, it was real easy for me to give uh really. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this album is where it, it hit me like, Oh, he's not doing anything on purpose. He just mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. And that was, it's a bonus truck. Uh, it's the it's secret fires. It's a bonus track on streaming. I mean, it's on streaming naturally, but it was a bonus track on the cassette only version when it was originally released. Uh, it's everywhere I, now. I think that's one of the better songs. It's a good fucking song. Yeah. It's a beautiful country western ballad. But, but his voice. So this is where it, this is the song where it hit me because I? Uh, I'll explain what? it first and then you, you yeah, put it okay. Out. So he starts out on pitch. Mm-hmm. He starts out doing it right. And then as he repeats phrases and verses, you hear him getting more and more off. And there's a thing with, with pitchiness because I've taken like beginner voice classes and you hear the people who have an ear and the, the people who don't because they're all mm-hmm. together. And the people who have an ear, don't write me if I was a Latino. Well, I was obviously off mm-hmm. pitch, but I'm, they, they can do it. Yes. Then you hear the people that don't, they start out okay and then they probably end okay. But the notes in the middle are always off. And that's what it just, it was like almost like PTSD. I was like, oh, he's missing all the ones in between. If he tries to do uh, progression, uh, ascending or descending, the beginning is fine. The end is fine. But in the middle, it's like he's hitting whatever the fuck it, wherever it lands. Cause he can't tell. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew. So good song. Otherwise put on that motherfucker. Got me while I was taking a sip of one. Sorry. This is one of the better songs on the album though. I, I agree. Uh, and credits music. Yeah. So there it is. He did the vocal line. Yeah. And there it is. It's getting a little bit worse. And now it's worse again. It just keeps getting worse and worse. There it is. So it's a fascinating thing where with people who don't have pitch, I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can practice the fuck out of everything and you can get it kind of okay but the more you're left without uh, a guide like maybe a, an accompanying melody or something to keep you in line you'll just drift further and further and further from the main melody because mm-hmm. it's, it's an actual fear of mine like wait, am, I, am I tone deaf <laughs> but the fact that I can distinguish it means I'm not but yeah. like it's different when yeah. it's your, your own voice yeah it's it's man it really almost ruined the fucking song. I mean, it kind of actually did ruin the yeah. song for me, but uh, other than that, uh, I do like a lot of songs in here. Like, like I like Stranger in a Town a lot. That's like a good it, song. Interesting, because there's like an accordion or something similar. It might not be an accordion, but something similar. But it feels buried. Does it? So I'm like, what is the point of having... Let me see. I think it's on the track pretty regularly, so let me let me okay. see if we can. Oh, 
right there. It sounds like a synth. Uh, let me see if there's anything I can find. Accordion White. Yeah. Let's see. But this would have been a better opener, I think. Oh, for sure. Oh, really percent. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. Bells, musical tube. I don't know. There's like a bunch of other stuff on here. Whatever it is, it's kind of cool, but it's this. It's this. Not highlighted enough. Yeah, I mean, I could see how it'd be really distracting if it was up front, but uh, it could also be distracting if it's too low. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I think uh, an interesting track is the master plan. It's an instrumental cover from a guy named Farah Sanders. Uh, I like a blues musician. Right, it's right, like right. two minutes and it's just so weird. Like why cover a two minute instrumental? I mean, it works. Mm. It's uh, it's a good track, but it's this. It's all I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. And also they cover my man's gone now. I wasn't expecting to like that song. Uh-huh. I, I think it's it's really like a fun because I saw it was from an opera. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> But it works. Dude, it imagine wor- Jeffrey Lee Pierce singing opera. Dude. That'd be great. Suck. Uh, uh, not for me. It's full blues. It's full on blues, uh, which they will do periodically now. Uh, Turn the uh, the volume down because I want to cue something up. Okay. Um, Bad America. Yeah. Sounds like a fucking like gothic modest mouse song. I think it has great guitars in there. I was going to say, yeah, I really, if uh, you want to turn it up, mm-hmm. I really like the guitar solo. Here we go. Like it's, it's very mariachi almost. It, yeah. That's wacky. So weird. Pretty good. <laughs> it's fucking. It's very. It's odd and beautiful at the same time. Yeah, like I like how it starts off kind of simple, and then when you said like it goes into mariachi. Yeah, and it's just like. It's all over the place, but not in a bad way. Yeah, it's like, very cool. Yeah. Uh, also, before we wrap up this album, uh, My Dreams, it's like almost 90s indie rock. I like it a lot. We're, okay. Uh, boom. That's a total indie, indie 90s indie riff to me. Yeah. <laughs> I bought a modest mouse on that. I could see this. Yeah, like, right. Just even with that drum, too. It's like, it doesn't feel very 84 to me. I mean, yeah, from Miami to from here on out there, they're an alt rock. Yeah. Yeah. Like, band, one thing more I, than they're a punk band. For sure. For sure. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't even say Miami's really a punk album at all, but like, uh, they never felt like the year that they were in, which is always very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever you're able to have some sort of timeless quality, I mm-hmm. think that's another reason why, you know, it's uh, they have fans and why it's because, yeah. yeah, even 
like I'm not huge on this bit, and but I can I can see why mm-hmm. people yeah. like it. I that's that's another thing too. Like I I never until now gave people enough credit uh, to overlook bad vocals. Like mm-hmm. I always thought that for a lot of people it's a deal breaker, but for apparently a lot of people as well. It doesn't matter at all because this <laughs> this dude's voice is a fucking deal breaker for me. Like, it's yeah. a, I'm not going to go back to these albums because mm-hmm. I hate his voice. I will go back to the first one because it's different. And he sounds different on it. But it's like I, I it made me kind of like like kind of happy. Like, all right. So people can can overlook some shit because there's other things. to Like, it gave me a newfound respect <laughs> for people's taste, which is a very thing that doesn't happen that often for me. I'm a very cynical boy. But uh, I will. I will say before we move on, the band broke up yep. in 85. Mm-hmm. He did some solo albums. One I would like to seek out, but it seems uh, hard to find. Mm-hmm. I believe he did it with members of Roxy Music and The Cure. So that sounds like it could be a fun time. Indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah. It, as the Jeffrey Lee Pierce Quartet. Right, right. It's called Wild Weed. Wild Weed. I'm going to track that down somehow. Right. I did, I believe, yeah, none of the, I think he went back to Gun Club because none of those did very well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but. And he is Gun Club. So. Yeah. So it's like, not, yeah. it doesn't matter who's in the back. Really? Yeah. And so they came back with a new lineup. Um, Kid Congo Powers is still there. Uh, but he, he now his uh, girlfriend, Romy Mori, is on bass. And uh, Nick Sanderson, drums, different guy. Um, and uh, our old friend, uh, Mr. Sorry, I thought I knew his name. And then I uh, Robin Guthrie produced the album. That's right. From Cocteau Twins. Oh, boy. Lovely. So this is uh, 1987's Mother Juno. Yeah, I didn't realize that until much later. After I heard the album, and then I, it makes perfect sense how fucking 80s this album sounds. It sounds like a Cocktail Twins album, the way it's produced anyway. Well, one song in particular, it to me is. Well, this. this, this not guitar, this one. Yeah, no, no, not, no. But like those guitars. Yeah. That's total Cocktail Twins guitar. Yeah. It's like shiny as fuck. Yeah. I thought because of Robin's involvement that this maybe would have like piqued my interest, yeah. but to me it's this all it's all a continuation of Miami still yeah, yeah. like this is very much a similar album to the previous. Yeah, I get I get more and more bored with each album and Yeah, I do I mean I get I get how this song isn't awful, but I don't like it. Uh, I think it's another bad opener. Uh, and I think this is one of the more popular albums, one of the more beloved. Yes, yes, this is a very uh, beloved album. I kind of understand why. Uh, I could see how, if you were a fan of the previous two albums, yeah, like why people like this. Because, uh, yeah, but to me, like I said, I think they're progressively getting more boring with each album i think they're getting more boring but very very slightly like they're Mm -hmm. only getting to me they're only getting slightly worse because i still like this one a lot like i think uh the breaking hands is fucking wonderful it's one of my favorite songs of theirs period that's the song that goes full uh cockatoo twins (laughs) 
<laughs> it is like it could have been. Yeah. It's a, great. It's <laughs> it's great. It is great. Yeah. I'm just gonna whatever. I'm gonna throw it on. A little smidgen of that. It, it's the only it's the only like I thought the whole album was gonna sound like this. I would dude, that's total treasure era Cocktail Twins. Yeah. It's yeah, even even though even though it's very like mimicky and I mean they're working with Robin. Yeah, I I wouldn't have cared because it's it, it'd be something different at least. Yeah. This uh, Bravo, Robin. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love this song. It just gives me a little tingly feeling, man. I fucking love it. Like all Cocktail Twins songs. Not do. all. Not <laughs> all. I have problems with that band, but they did have they did have some stuff that really blew my mind. Um. Yellow eyes, bluesy, sleazy, solid. Long as fuck, too long for me, really. But I think that's like, if you're gonna, if this band is gonna do blue shit, that's kind of how you do it. That song, I was like, I guess it's cool and like a, a sexy lounge music sort of way, but still, nothing. I would never use the word sexy for Jeffrey Lee Pierce ever in a million years. No, but you know, you know what I'm yeah, talking about. No, no, I say sexy asshole. music. Yeah. Um. I really like the drumming on uh Arby. Read my mind. I fucking knew. I wrote that exactly too. Yeah. Great, great drums. We're this becoming the same uh, same person. Oh shit. <laughs> We're gonna turn into a Cronenberg monster at some point. Um and then I'm interested to hear what you think about the vocals on Crab Dance. Cause those are some weird, raspy. I went there and went. That's an interesting choice. I like the song. I believe it's a bonus track as well, too. Uh, I like the song. Put it on because I'm not remembering the vocal. Because at a certain point, I have to just like, fuck, he's just going to keep singing like this. These one. Oh, wait. It, sorry. It's like skipped over. There we go. <laughs> At least he's not singing. That's my that's my feeling about it. I was like, well, wow. It reminds me of like when Iggy, but yeah. bad when Iggy bad Pop Iggy. does the like yeah. whispery thing. I mean, a tree. Yeah, but it's fucking spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool when Iggy does it. Here, you're like, well, Iggy's all crazy. Yeah. And, not to keep beating a dead horse, but Iggy can hit the right notes. Like, the, I appreciate anytime Jeffrey tries something different and weird and doesn't try to sing. Mm-hmm. He just can't fucking do it. Uh, so the the opening track, Bill Bailey, is a good example of that fucking. It's like so. not. It's just ear piercing, man. Like he does a lot of stuff like that. Uh, I mean, everywhere, but here. As well, mm-hmm. uh, don't care much for hearts at all. Don't care for Port of Souls or Thunderhead. It's like I mean, they're all fine. Like they're all just kind of there, exactly. I don't, and especially when, like, right in the middle, the Breaking Hands is like, so whoa, holy shit, miles and miles away. Yeah, the best song oh, on yeah. this album, oh, undoubtedly. It's just, and, and it's like the weak songs here, and I this goes for many other albums. Like they're not even, I don't even think they're bad. They're just, it's just they're only bad because they're either one exacerbated by Jeffrey's vocals, uh, or they're just dwarfed by something else that's just actually unique and really unexpected. Uh, 
but like even then, like they're not. This is a good album. It's not going to win win over any non indie rock lover. Uh, they're just solid rock songs. Uh, with a guy who can't sing, with a couple of really interesting stuff, I know sprinkled in there. This is probably like the the. I mean, I think they plateaued, but um, it's all it's all fucking downhill after this. I album. don't entirely agree, but I don't oh, I don't entirely disagree. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, to, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be bad for a minute though. So this is a uh, well w- w- one second because uh-huh. uh, Apple Music's fucking stupid. It's giving you problems. It's giving me problems. Right. Okay, I got it pulled up. Okay, now. so I, I will we'll say. Uh, I was not expecting this to be this good this far into the career. I was mm. expecting it, them to be dwindled, have dwindled out there, a lot earlier. Here's the thing that I'll get into. They're, e- even at their last album, they really aren't that old of a band. No. Like, I think they were around 15 years. Yeah. So. I mean, maybe old in spirit and days on the road and drug use, yes. but not old in time. But this is 1990s pastoral hide and seek. So, I knew his vocals weren't good. I think they're horrendous on some of the tracks here. Uh, I'm not ever going to disagree with him being awful yeah. at singing. I'm not. But he, this is actually, if you, if you listen to how he's singing here, those vibratos are not bad. Like mm-hmm. they're, he's doing things right. Mm-hmm. He just not even in the ballpark of what I think he thinks he's doing. To me, we start off with a band drawing from a lot of genres. So it felt like there were a lot of options, like paths to go. Uh-huh. But then they decided they were this very specific, yeah. like dreamy alt rock. Yeah. And now there's they still want that like dreamy alt rock, but it's like boring soft rock. It's a lot softer. This whole album is way lighter. Way it, lighter. It's like a boring version of the cult. Uh, this is my least favorite album. Interesting. Interesting. I think what, why? Why? It's the most boring to me. Okay. Like, right. there's probably, uh, you know, worse, more awful things after yeah. this. But I can talk about those. Okay. <laughs> this album, I'm like, there's so little. There's so little for me to grab on, especially the middle of the album. It is just fucking like i could not tell i cannot tell you the difference if you just threw on like uh any song in the middle i couldn't tell you which one was which really really the only the only good song i like on here uh-huh. flowing i i think it's real nice real nice and dreamy got some it great is. bass lines that's the best song on here pretty the good guitar song. playing fucking great so okay there's a <laughs> I, I, I want to bring up uh, St. John's Divine uh, because it's like, listen, I hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay, yeah. as a part of my my personality, I'm sorry if you as, like that. As but, part of a lot of people's personality, and I, I stand by that. It's not because I also love Mike Patton. It's just, it's just <laughs> incidental. I swear to God. But 
that song really reminds me of Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I don't hate it. Interesting. So that's like that's how much like okay, I think like I I, I it's funky and kind of like stupid, but and it's got a great fucking solo. I think mm. it has a really underrated solo. I wish I put a timestamp, but I didn't. Uh, so that's one thing that, that did stick out because they don't do funky. They rarely no. do funky, and I was like, okay, it's not even that bad. It's not. It doesn't feel like a, annoying or obvious the way the Moody Blues did or the Smiths mm-hmm. did, like where they throw a funk and it's like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also don't care. I don't, I don't mind uh, Emily's Changed very much. It's one of Jeffrey's worst songs, though. Yes. it's. I will give you that. <laughs> I was, if you didn't say it, I was like, I got Mike covered on this one. Yeah. But, you know, that's, uh, I think he's, I think he's going to say it's awful. Yeah, it's horrendous yeah horrendous um a song that kind of pisses me off is the straits of love and hate because Uh i think it's an okay Uh i think it's a good song the thing that pisses me off about it is i feel like there's a great song in there Uh it is it's in there yeah but somehow this wasn't yeah. able to come to the surface. Song does not work for me. Don't, don't care for that one. I understand what you're saying. Um, I I also I actually do like. Uh, this is gonna be. It's gonna sound like I'm fucking uh, going be- doubling back. But like uh, another country's young. It's first of all, it's pretty dark, which I like. But Jeffrey's lack of pitch almost matches the darkness of the song. It's like Interesting. it sounds like he's hopeless and kind of lost. It doesn't sound. I don't think he's doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. I just I still think he's trying to sing right. Yeah, but it kind of matches the vibe of it. Stumbled into it. Exactly. That, that's what I like about that song. Uh, and uh, Eskimo Blue Day. Tell me that's not a fucking Blue Oyster Cult riff. I'm gonna throw it on because I don't remember. Uh, as soon as the whole thing comes, sounds comes like together. an ISIS. That sounds like ISIS for sure. Yeah. It's after the the whole band comes in. Once again, not realizing how long the intro is. Here we go. Keep moving out there. It was like kind of math rocky for a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty solid intro, honestly. I was just so upset from the rest of the album. Yeah. Okay, finally. Yeah. It's just yeah. political. Yeah. If I had a cowbell, you better believe. It's still. It, but it's, I don't mind it either. It's still kind of cool in that dad rock sort of way. Like, I mean, not his singing, but like, uh, I guess it's definitely not going to win anybody over, but I don't mind it at all. I think they kept some of that energy from the intro. It'd yeah. Be a better song. Oh, oh, one thing I have to say, uh, I really almost like temptation and I, it has such a fucking great closing riff. And then Jeffrey just shits all over it. He just shits <laughs> all over it. Like, there's so many moments where I'm like, oh man, I would really like this band a lot. If anybody yeah, else is singing. Yeah. Fucking anybody. If he knew his place. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But then I guess the band one exists. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I, I so overall cleaner, mellower, prettier, uh, softer. I see why the band is respected. I definitely do, but I will 
like I'll never understand why people aren't more vocal about his voice. Mm-hmm. Like it's just man. I don't know. It sounds like they were on the documentary. That, it was it was one and done. It oh, was okay. one and done. Like people would be like, yeah, he's not the greatest. It's kind of off. But like, and then they go on go on to gush about him. Maybe like, this felt like it's like a dead horse. Maybe. Like, what's, like everyone knows what's the point. I guess, and I guess there's also the admiration for his his fortitude, and I keep using that word, but like you know his his will to keep going on and persevere. But fuck, dude, there's a lot of albums. Uh, real real quick, because uh, I I mixed up my notes. I you brought up Saint John's Divine. That is the only song throughout their whole career where you hear any sort of uh, reggae. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the guitars like reggae nothing else on the song yeah. just and it's like i'm surprised not, not it more. never yeah. it never comes up for someone who loved reggae yeah. so much that's interesting maybe he did know his place maybe, maybe they maybe they beat it out of him maybe they beat it out of him literally in jamaica that's possible <laughs> it's very possible uh but now we're on to 1991's divinity This is uh, an interesting record that's very hard to find info about. Yes. Uh, uh, most of these albums are from here on up. Yeah. Um, oh, God. He's so bad here. It's it's gnarly. Um, what's I going to say? It sounds like it's weird. I like... I don't like uh, Silver Sun pickups. And this kind of sounds like a Silver Sun pickup guitar riff. Not heard of you would hate him. Okay. Trust me. Okay. Um, but I think this is better. Like, the same way you felt like you're like... Oh, uh, God. Uh, we, all, we literally recoiled. <laughs> we stopped. Uh, anyways, the same way you felt about uh, it sounding like a Chili Pepper song, yeah. even though you don't... That's how I feel about this song. Interesting. Like, okay. But yeah, the... You uh, so, the, I think even if he wasn't shitting all over that, that I wouldn't care for that song. It just—it seems like it's just in the weak opener, very low energy type. Also, I have—I have to give this worse. Same, yeah, worst because it's basically an EP that they tacked live tracks onto yeah. to call it an album. Yeah. So just because I feel like it cheated. It, yeah. It could have, if it was an EP, it could have fell in the the no harm, no foul. I agree. Because they tried to make it a full length, this is clearly the worst. Mm -hmm. And it really, really reminds me of Goodbye from Cream. Oh, yeah, where they did the same thing. Same shit. You just throw live track. Like, why not make it an EP and make it not suck? And even then, even then, I still had to give it worse because the only song on the entire fucking thing that I like, and believe me, I love it, is Black Hole. Yeah. It's fucking one of their best songs. It's yeah. amazing. I wrote that down to the I in its car crash kind of way. I, I like Soro Knows. And then yeah, I think Black Hole, those are the only two songs. So Black Hole, uh you're never gonna hear me say this about this band again. Beautiful vocals. Wow. Go- gorgeous vocal and it's because he's harmonizing what I think with Romy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh because you, you mostly hear female vocals in that song. Put on that song. It's, hmm, I don't know if it should be last song 
or not? It basically is. Right? Uh, kinda. Yeah, this just sounds like really good alt rock. Yeah. Is the only good, this is the only vocal line in their entire discography, in my opinion, that makes the song better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's one of the few songs where the bass is like pushed up yeah. a little bit and yeah. it's got a really nice, like, it's like, it kind of has some of the mentality of, of metal music where you can like, you could bob your head to yeah, it. Yeah, you pretty, bob your, the yeah. way it like chugs along. Yeah. It's, no one would call it a metal song, no. but. Very like headbanging. It's insane to me that they never made more songs like that, right? It's just it, how do you not like, like that's that's a, that's a good thing going on for the band at this yeah. point in their career too. They should have they should have honestly they should have been that kind of band with the prominent female vocals harmonizing like that would have really masked really, a lot of a lot of weaknesses. Oh my god, so many, and it just kind of breaks my heart a little bit. But the ego won't let you do that. He will not. It will not. And uh, also on the streaming version, St. John's Divine is also on here. Yeah. The, the Chili Pepper song, pretty much. Uh, it's, I don't think it was originally on it when it was released. I don't know why it's on streaming. If it was like Let a reissue me, or something. I'm on the um, rate your music page for this because the, like we said, there's not. Yeah, it it's originally on here this is like a remixed version okay okay because i the one that i looked at on discogs was it was omitted but uh the live tracks uh they're well i like they're recorded well i will say that. they're they recorded are, they fucking are. very well they sound really good uh and jeffrey doesn't he sounds about as bad as good or bad mm-hmm. uh as the as the records he's not it's not like he's doing anything different he's on key sometimes and then horribly off others you know usual uh the the version of Yellow Eyes yeah. is the live one is one I was like, oh, you got some like Alan Vega going on. It's more it's more obvious on these uh, Alan Vega from Suicide. Yeah. If you guys are interested, um, yeah, it's it's more like prominent and weird and obvious live than yeah, than yeah. in studio. Also, that version of Yellow Eyes is painfully long yes painfully long it's very jammy they were one of those bands that just played and played and played on on stage uh, i've uh c- kind of avoided there's a few like painfully long songs but i wrote it down so much that i'm like i'm gonna sound like a broken fucking record yeah. if i bring it up every time the band indulges on a yeah. song that's too long and especially and it's especially no no coincidence the bluesier songs uh, i mean it's just a thing with yeah people yeah oh you know we gotta jam the blues you don't got to do anything (laughs) fuck so unless it's uh that song from earlier jam the shit out of uh preaching the blues every other song yeah fuck away from that Uh, so this is not a very i don't think very controversial to call this for it's like it's just so obvious like i mean these it's a weird mishmash. It screams to me lack of budget. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that they had to throw extra songs on there for, for seemingly no reason other than to make it a full length. Uh, and I, it's just a bummer that one song is just so, again, so spectacularly better than the rest. That Or, or if you're me, you think two songs. Two. <laughs> but it's just, 
like moments of, of brilliance that I, I wish were fleshed out or, or experimented and, mm-hmm. you know, explored further, but weren't, uh, for me, it was not easy to give a worse, but this was like, okay, it's gotta be this one. Like, I don't hate anything else they've done really. I want, wanted to give something else worse, but I'm like, this is hardly an album. This yeah. is just a mishmash of, of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. But we're on to the final album, the very tragic end of this band and Jeffrey Lee Pierce. This is 1993's Lucky Jim. The Again, awful, awful opener. I like this song. Do you? And his voice has a hopeless quality to it, which is it's only slightly off key here. Mm-hmm. That was pretty bad. Hold on. <laughs> it's almost like a crying woman, the, like the way he's wailing. Like it's one of those old-timey movies. I will admit, like it's a terrible opener in terms of like just energy-wise and setting a, a, a mood or a, a tempo for the rest of the album. I just like the song. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Also, at this point, I am... Checked out? Fucking bored. <laughs> and, like, fucking running up the walls trying to get through through it at this point. I, Dude, I didn't hate this band at all, but I get the, the fatigue for that's, sure. That's the thing. I don't, like, hate... I don't hate them. It's just, like... And we kind of jumped the gun, but like, I don't understand how they start off with so much personality and end up like this. Like we've done, we've done bands who later in their career, when they're older, they just record this super, super safe, yeah, yeah. super boring, uninspired shit. And I'm like, I guess you're 60 whatever uh, yeah, I guess. like this one how old was he like he wasn't not old i don't know yeah exactly, but he's not that old the band's like 15 years old which a lot of you know a lot of bands these days like sometimes they only see success when they're like oh yeah 15 20 years yeah. like i think like mastodon's like 20 years old now and they're like more popular than they've ever been yeah they're doing well well. yeah so it's just like it's very perplexing to me you get a song like like i wanted to give the musically this is probably the worst i disagree yeah mostly disagree because i do get like the first half of Mm. this being like fuck they cry to me and and ride like i fucking can't cry to me I will. I want to super kick someone in the fucking face. It's just, yeah, it's just boring blue yeah, shit. Yeah, and 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 I and because I I want to praise the second half of the album, I cannot praise Anger Blues. That's the final track. It's oh my! I, I'm so I'm so angry. Pardon the pun that they fucking ended this album with that song instead of Desire. Like, I, it makes no sense to me. That pissed me off because. The end is a little, a little bit more interesting than the beginning. And I thought I was out of the woods. And not only do you hit me with a fucking jammy blue song, it is done. 
I'm sure Zeppelin ripped off someone. It's just since I've been loving it's you. It's just since I've been loving you. But, but worse. Because, yeah, you're listening to that and you're thinking about like the Robert Plant vocals, yep. who is a good singer. Yep. And you're missing his whales and stuff. And then you just get these Jeffrey Pierce. Yeah. So it it's, makes it's it, fucking it's a it's a spit in the face. It's, it's this <laughs> it's a seven layer burrito mess of a song. Dude, it's a talk about song it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man. Man, that song. And it's it's eight minutes, man. It's like, well, it's like 745. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, if, fuck, and, if, and, if I drank regularly, I would have I would have had a few shots. After I got that. plenty of booze right there. Already, don't worry. <laughs> like, and here's the, I, so to what I like about this, this album, that middle to, to up to that song, I really dig like Idiot Waltz. I think it's super pleasant. Um, that song's funny because it's called Idiot Waltz, but there's no waltz. It's, <laughs> it's called Idiot Waltz, it's, and it's in 4-4. Like, okay, buddy, at least <laughs> make it a waltz. <laughs> but uh, Day Turn Tonight has great energy, real fun, real cool. Uh, I think I want to end the fucking episode on Blue Monsoons, but I'm not going to because it's, it's, it's yeah. instrumental. It's yeah. instrumental. Very rarely do they, do they, do, do, they do instrumentals, mm-hmm. but it's fucking gorgeous. You got to put on a little bit of that. It's okay. just too damn good. Up above the or blue blue monsoons. Yeah. Sorry, I was getting my notes confused with your. I think this is a killer riff. Also, yeah, if it's an instrumental, that's like I was already sold on this riff. Uh, Are you just waiting for it to get ruined? Waiting for him to come in. I was like, even if he comes in, I like this so much, I'll deal with it. But no vocals coming, so it's the perfect song. It's a perfect song. That little, that scale that they're doing, that guitar is doing, is just, oh, lovely, lovely. You're right. You're it's right. It's a great song. You're right. I got, I got too angry and overlooked that song. Again, though, like that's in the same album as this bluesy, jammy, annoying horseshit. So that, and I think. Yeah, like I was saying, Desire should have been the final song. That outro is great. He's wailing over it, and he's off key, but it matches enough. Mm. It matches enough. It's like it, it just barely works for me. And like that would have been great. And I thought it was in the, the album, and then I was like, wait, one more song, and then it was eight <laughs> minutes of blues. It was just heartbreaking. Um, I'm gonna do a little U-turn. I think, uh, Kamada, Hollywood City. Yeah. Uh. The rhythm guitars kind of like some light, light chugging. It's not a real genre, but it, I would say like soft metal, soft metal, soft metal. I'm just going to throw on a little bit instead of trying to assign these made up terms. Right, right, right. But yeah, when the rhythm guitar comes in, it's like, yeah, if you threw like some distortion on that and... I kind of want to say I like this song, but it, it wears I, on me after a while. I think it's one of the, the like stronger ones. It's a good hook. If... That. Yeah. There's some Vinnie Paul drums behind that. <laughs> Get some groove metal. Yeah. Yeah, this one. Yeah, it's that a, out. yeah, it's a little, little chug thing in the back. Uh, oh, another big, big thing about this album. It is produced so bluesy it's like those it's like 
hey, I want to sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Make make this album sound like that. Don't and ever sound like that. I <laughs> love Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, we, we, had, I, listen, man, I get it. I get it. All right, I don't like blues, but I respect him as a guitar player and as a human being. Actually, he's like a really he was like a okay. really good dude. But uh, that tone is just like, I mean, I, you're good. He's a good guitar player now. Jeffrey Pierce is a good guitar player. He's no. Mm-hmm. Fucking solo king, fucking C. Ray sure, Long type, sure. uh, and it also that same uh, production style is, is transferred to every song. So it's just like a really gloss. It's like the glossiest sounding album they've ever done. Really, like I said before, shiny. Uh, it's 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 not. I mean, I can't keep asking for more of the early style, the grittiness. It's not gonna it's, happen. It's not. They're not that anymore. Yeah, it's not that anymore. And uh, it's fine for what it is, but I don't like blues production, and that's what this sounds like. I one last positive thing. I think "Up Above the World" is the most interesting song on here. It really like, twists and turns from like Gun Club doing like their best like Jimi Hendrix impression mm-hmm. into like psychedelia and like this charging surf rock stuff. I think it's a real, real interesting song. Uh, All right. Yeah, but you kind of shine the light on some other ones for me. So, uh, yeah, I guess I guess in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't give it worse. Yeah, like it's got something to offer for sure. Like it may piss me off, but at least it's it's not like thrown together garbage. There's there's an attempt. No, there's very much like a lot of thought went into this. It's not the same band. It's still very much Lee Pierce being an egomaniac, but. There's stuff that I fucking really, really like, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll go back to, especially the ones without that much singing. But that is the end of our journey. Holy they, God. Well, I guess let's put a little bow on it. Yeah. Uh, final show was played December 95, and then he died of a brain hemorrhage, which I'm assuming was bought on oh, by drug use. Yeah. He The next year, 96. He died 96. Okay. So a lot by many accounts those last shows it was hard to look at him apparently he was a a bloated mess he oh, was like man. he was like uh he was like an airhead you know the, the logo for the airhead mm-hmm. he's like that with balloon face and uh yet yeah, it was like i think several people were saying that in that documentary like he yeah it was obvious he was gonna die he was, mm-hmm. he was he was he was he was gonna die like it was that's crazy man to, to to burn out that quickly from just going going you know 100 miles per hour for that long yeah he did he did sober up at one point around mother juno i think interesting yeah he it was like when he first started dating romy that's her name right I keep yeah i keep forgetting uh he was doing way better. He was sobered up. Uh, he was living with her and uh, maybe in England. I forget. I, I forget where, mm-hmm. uh, but then, you know, so he just went back, he reverted. And then, uh, yeah, that was, that was the end. My God. Damn. And I see she still does music and does gun club songs. So does good, she? good for her. Good for her. Even songs she wasn't around for like sex beats. So, uh, but that's like a staple. It's yeah. A but recap. Best personal favorite, Fire of Love. Uh, least favorite, Pastoral Hide and Seek. And then worse, Divinity. Uh, for me, damn near the same. A little bit simpler. Fire of Love, best personal favorite. Ah, that's fucking 
What a good album. God damn. Uh, I might buy that album. Yeah, there. there wow. Uh, and Worst Divinity. It's just unanimous. Um, so thank you uh, for anybody who's made it to the very end for listening and watching. Uh, if you want to support well, us. Well, I hope on, on Andrea, I hope Andrea, I hope she made it to the end because this she, is all. If she didn't make it to the end, I'll be very upset. <laughs> like, this is, I must have fucked up somehow. This is all for you, Damien. God damn it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, th- thanks for the suggestion. And if you want to suggest anything, anything else, uh, everyone listening can email every album member at gmail.com. Uh, you know, subscribe youtube.com slash every album ever. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know. Uh, there will be a playlist on the gun club in the description of wherever you're listening or watching. Uh, and you can follow on Spotify directly, or you can go to every member.com or just place associated with every single episode. Also follow me on Instagram at Pope Jesse Ventura and Alex at mother puncture. Stay up to date with all the artists that we are currently covering. Uh, so that about wraps it up. Final song. You want this? I don't know. Cause I, I, I honestly, I would have picked, uh, cool drink of water. But I mean, we've already you listed, can't. We already oh, listed. We already did. So I don't know. Maybe you'll agree. I feel like you'll agree for the love of, of Ivy. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what we're doing for the love yeah, of Ivy. That's a yeah. great, great pick. Thanks for listening, everybody. See ya.
Soldiers of like Elvis from hell, hell, 